What is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offseason moves, our 53-man roster and starters, and our week one matchup versus the New Orleans Saints. All that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon Uncle B. Ricketts. And we're back, coming at you today with our final off-season podcast before the season starts on Sunday. What we're going to be doing is looking back on all the Bucks moves this off-season, kind of recapping some training camp stuff, looking at the 53-man roster, our starters, and then we're going to look forward to our matchup against the Saints in Week 1. It's going to be a good one, folks. I'm excited for it. First of all, Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's been a crazy offseason, not for just the Bucks in general, but for the whole league and really kind of for both of us. We kind of went through a season of change. You know, I moved. You were finishing up schooling. So we we all had a really good offseason. I can't wait to talk more about what the Bucks have done, what the NFL is looking forward to. And hey, for the first time in seems like forever, we actually have football tonight. So I'm excited for that too. So it's gonna be something fun to be watch. I, I can't believe it. I, I I have been counting down the days until today. I, I'm excited for tonight's matchup, even though it's not as marquee of a matchup as it might have been, you know, if DeAndre Hopkins was still in the Texans. I think it's still gonna be just fun to have football back. I mean with everything going on, sports, it just seems like people were just craving sports. I mean, you have the NBA back, of course, the NHL, the Lightning pulled out, you know, no spoilers, but the Lightning pulled out an amazing win yesterday, Kucherov, seven seconds to go. So it feels good to be a sports fan. It feels good to be a Tampa fan, right? Honestly, we. I mean, it, if this is all we got to do is the Bucks have got to go out and start swinging that club. Just start swinging it. They have to start swinging because... The Rays are, uh, if I'm not mistaken, are still in the lead mm-hmm. of the ALE yeah. um, East or West or whatever we're at. I don't know. I don't really follow baseball. But the Lightning are on fire right now in that bubble playoff that they have going on. So that is just great to be a Tampa f- fan today. If you're waking up with us this morning, we just can't wait to enjoy this ride with you. Absolutely. Well, and a little housekeeping before we jump in. If you could put the uh, schedule up on the screen. Oh, yeah, so sure. this uh, today's podcast will be our last off-season podcast. So um, the, today it'll only be around an hour or so, um, just kind of wrapping things up from the off-season. However, starting next week, we'll be doing um, we'll be starting our in-season podcast schedule. So it's going to be live on Bucks Report every Thursday morning at eight thirty Eastern, uh, seven thirty Central. So we'll be going live. Every Thursday morning, we'll be talking about the previous matchup, um, things we liked, things we didn't like from the game, players who did well, didn't do well, and then looking at the next matchup. So next Thursday, we'll be talking about the Saints game and then looking forward to our next matchup. So join us next week. It'll be 30 minutes earlier than we did today, 8.30 Eastern time, 7.30 Central, and uh, we'll have plenty of time to stay on, talk football. So come prepared with some questions you want to ask us. Come prepared with some topics that you want to talk about. We'll have plenty of time to kind of, I'll get them down, and then we'll, we'll even have a, a potentially a segment where we talk about uh, fan questions and fan topics. So join us next Thursday um, uh, live on Buckshire Board, or if you can't watch it there, of course it stays on Facebook, and we'll have the audio version of the podcast as well. So without further ado, uh, why don't we get on to topic number one? Sounds good, sounds good. Folks, I know we have been kind of like in the dark lately with us, like as we mentioned before in the beginning, in the season of change, but with change, with not just the coronavirus, but the things that have been happening across the country, 
um, with the police brutality and the social injustice. Um, Mike and I just felt like um, we needed to just touch this real quick. Um, it was, you know, it was heavy on both our hearts. Uh, we've talked about it, um, you know, and I we support everything that the players will be doing this year. Um, it's not right for us to feel like, you know, these players, that yeah, they make multi-million dollars, but they have a voice. They have a stronger voice than what me and Mike could do on, on this podcast. And, you know, we feel like the social injustice that's going around in this country is just not right. And, you know, mm-hmm. we completely support everything that is going on. Not the riots, but the whole protesting. And, you know, we feel like, you know, we'll stand behind whoever we have to to get this fixed. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think the the reality is is that our, our country is, is not where it ought to be. And, you know, when, when, we, when we have people in our country who fear for their life because of the color of their skin, you know, things aren't right. Um, I was just reading uh, the other day uh, a history book about the starting of our nation and the idea that this nation could be one where it's liberty, equality for all, freedom, uh, where you have individual rights. And um, I think we ought to stand for that. We ought to con- continue to stand for that until everyone feels like they have an equal shot. We, we need to strive to be part of the solution to stand for what's right and against what's wrong i think each of us has an opportunity to do that to be a voice for the voiceless and to stand for justice and against injustice so i hope we would stand for that i hope that we can put politics aside and connect um, and unite around this idea that that equality everybody deserves it and um, uh, no doubt the players will will have demonstrations lots of things to say so um, that'll continue to be a subject this season but let's be sensitive to that sensitive to the people who um, have gone through things that we haven't gone through that we can't understand let's listen and be empathetic and i think um, hopefully if we can all do that we can begin to make some progress absolutely all right that being said, let's get to this crazy offseason that the Bucks have had. We have signed multiple, multiple stars, multiple transactions. Mikey, you want to hit yeah. it away for us real quick? Yeah, man. Yeah, let me just get let me hit the highlights. Okay, there's so many things. Literally, my highlight reel is still going to be long. So let's quickly get through uh, the re-signing of our players, the draft, and our free agent acquisitions, and then we'll talk about it. So, current players. We brought the defense back. That was important to BA, and he did it. JPP, um, outside linebacker for us, pass rusher, re-signed for multiple years. Dom Kinsu, um, it, it, uh, tackle. he's back for a year on the D-line. Shaq, obviously, on the other side, bookends for JPP. He is on the franchise tag. So we brought the defense back. Some other, um, some other pieces as well that we'll get to in just a second. Uh, but some other highlights of, of our players, we exercised the fifth-year option on OJ. Um, there was some trade speculation, um, even going into draft day, um, especially with the addition of Gronkowski, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but they decided to keep OJ on the team, and they exercised the fifth-year option. As well with our um, existing players, we had uh, Blaine Gabbert, Kevin Minter, Anthony Auclair, Nacho, Ryan Smith, uh, Tanner Hudson, and Andrew Adams all signing one-year deals. Um, Hudson's on the practice squad, but uh, many of the others that I just listed are either uh, they're either starting special teams, backups, important um, members of our 53-man roster. So we brought a lot of our team back. Now we also added to our team in the draft. Of course, you all know this, but let's run through it. Uh, in the first round, we took Tristan Wirfs uh, at, at tackle. He's going to be starting at right tackle. 
Um, then in the second round, we took Antoine Winfield Jr. at safety. He's also going to be starting as well. So a great start to our draft and, and being able to, to fill some holes um, for our starting roster. As well, we added Keyshawn Vaughn, Tyler Johnson, Khalil Davis, Chappelle Russell, and then uh, Raymond Calais, which I don't even know. I have to know how to say his name anymore because he uh, was on the practice squad, but he's signed to the Rams. And um, so then after the draft, and really before and after, but this is just its own, its own category, free agent acquisitions. This is probably the biggest uh, category of note for the Bucks, and, and it propelled them into the national um, spotlight. You know, everybody's talking about the Bucks. Everybody's talking about expectations for the season. And, and I got to be honest, I wish it were just because of the players that we re-signed and it was just because of the draft picks, um, but it's not. It's also because of the free agent acquisitions this year, the pieces that they're putting together. So starting off, obviously, uh, Tom Brady decided to leave New England after 20 years and join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a two-year deal uh, to be our starting quarterback. Exciting, crazy, didn't see it coming, and that has really flavored the offseason for us. So Tom Brady coming here, he's he's not the most spry young guy, right? So we know that our window is now. So you've seen that in a lot of the moves that they've made since. Of course, they added uh, Gronkowski, tight end, traded for Gronkowski because he was in retirement, so New England still had rights to him. We sent a fourth-round pick to New England uh, and received a seventh-round pick and uh, tight end Robert Gronkowski in the trade and lured him out of retirement to come play with his buddy Tom Brady. Uh, those were the big, big names uh, from this offseason, but we also added some other players too. We added some O-line depth with Joe Haig on a one-year deal. Um, we added a potential third third down running back, some good depth with LaShawn McCoy at running back. Um, signed but then cut later Kevin Love um, out of Carolina on the D-line. Uh, we re-signed the formerly cut Spencer Schnell, but then we cut him as well. But the ones that we've kept, um, you have A.Q. Shipley, center. Of course, Pat McAfee was a big fan of that. Um, he's going to be good depth behind Ryan Jensen, and he could play a couple of different positions as well. And uh, most recently, you had the addition of Ryan Suckup, which uh, did not leave room for Matt Gay, as the Bucks also signed a different kicker. Plot so twist. we released Matt Gay and um, brought in Ryan Suckup and didn't even keep Matt Gay on the practice squad. So um, that's an interesting development. And then lastly, and most, uh, most recently, we brought in a star running back, former number four overall pick, Leonard Fournette, out of Jacksonville on a one-year deal. Excuse me. After he cleared waivers, yeah. So, that's a lot of moves, Brandon. What are <laughs> what do you what do you have any initial reactions? And then, what are your top three favorite moves from the Bucks this offseason? Well, we had talked about the Tom Brady thing uh, about a month and a half ago. You know, during the middle of the pre or offseason, just before the draft, and I think that was that went really well for us. Um, but again, like you mentioned before, you started rambling off all these names of all these acquisitions that we've gotten through draft, free agent, you know, whatever it was, and the Bucks weren't being talked about because they're like, oh, well, they have a, gr they had a great defense, and the key word was they were talking about. They said we had, we had, we had. Well, why? Because we had multiple free agents that were just coming off JPP, uh, Dominican Sue, and. Um, Shaq was, you know, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do with Shaq. You know, they franchise tag Shaq, they re-signed Dom Kinsu, and JPP was signed. They kept that defense together. And that, my friend, was what made me probably the happiest person 
ever. And so that was probably, like, my number one. Now, number two, of course, had to be, you know, getting Tom Brady and Gronk, you know, bringing those, that veteran and just bringing those two guys in and just showing the Bucks that, hey, we're here to play. Once you mm-hmm. did that, people started flooding and wanting to come join the Bucks. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. It happened in New England. I, but obviously it didn't work out in New England for them half, some of those years because they didn't want to spend the money. Here, the, mm-hmm. the Glazers opened their checkbook. They're like, what's the number? They, boom. So I that was probably my number two. Number three, I think the Bucks had a decent draft this year. I don't think it was the greatest, but it was a decent draft to get us through what, what with what we need. Um, you know, yeah, it. You know, we we were picked. What was it? Twelfth, something like that. Fourteen. We were somewhere around there, right? I don't remember. It's been a long off season. Yeah, traded up. I think from fourteen to uh, up a spot. Yeah. So regardless, it it could it could have gone worse. But we didn't get a we didn't get a preseason to see what these guys have, so that's going to be the biggest hurdle going into this game Sunday. Is what are what are we going to see from these rookies that we drafted? On top of okay, what's Tom Brady brought to the table during this pandemic? Of you know, hey, we've only had X, Y, and Z of time to practice and no preseason game. So it's going to be interesting to see not just for us but all the teams that kind of shook it up this season so yeah definitely i mean where it's going to be i i I get the sense that it's going to be a a couple sloppy maybe a sloppy week of football for just the nfl you're you're probably going to see defenses dominate a lot more um you know the run game is going to be a little bit more coordinated you know than maybe the passing game but you never know in today's nfl they could come out firing and then that could mean um, it could have some ramifications on the preseason moving forward. That's something we'll have to keep an eye on because you know that the players don't want uh, that many preseason games. There's risk of injury and risk of you know losing your your worth and leverage. Uh, but at the same time, I, you know, coaches uh, they they feel like they need it, especially to evaluate younger talent. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward. My three top. Uh, moves from this offseason. I got to agree with you with Brady and the defense. I won't uh, go too much more into it other than saying um, I think bringing Brady in impacted the rest of the moves. When you bring him in, he's an, he's an older guy, um, you know, 43, old for a quarterback, and y- you're obviously wanting to go all in. You think that you have a good enough team. Obviously, Tom Brady thought we had a good enough team, and so you know, just it brings more a sense of urgency, even more than you would usually have. Of hey, let's go win now and let's go win at a high level. Uh, we got to put these pieces together and make it work because we can't waste this opportunity. Bucks had a great team already, but I think some other additions have kind of made them even better, even more solid. So I'll, I'll go into a few. Um, I, I really like Tristan Wirfs, the addition of Tristan Wirfs, and. Um, you you brought in much needed tackle help. Um, you know, Demar Dotson, much to your chagrin last season, was uh, still a, a Buccaneer, and you know you'd hear holding uh, number sixty nine uh, almost um, every week. Bless his heart. But he is a warrior. Stayed around a long time, and man, it, it sucks because if anybody deserved to see the playoffs, it was the longest tenured Buccaneer, Demar Dotson. But we, we needed to bring in Tristan Worse. We, we had to get younger at that position. We had to start looking towards the future because I think we know what we have in Donovan Smith. After this season, well, it'll be really helpful. If he doesn't elevate his game, 
he'll probably be there for the rest of his career. That's fine. That's not bad. You just may need to move him to right tackle, or you may need to um, and, and move Tristan over to left tackle and start grooming uh, the next stud left tackle. So I think adding Worfs was huge, and uh, hopefully huge not only for this season but for next season. I think another addition that was was really great, I love the move, um, was bringing in Leonard Fournette. Now, I think it's going to hurt Rojo. I do. Um, Fournette is a known commodity. What I mean by that is that he already has 2,000-yard uh, rushing seasons. In his first season, he had um, an insane amount of touchdowns. I mean, it was close to 10 touchdowns. Uh, we know what he's done in college, and he's faced stack boxes in Jack- Jacksonville because neither of his previous quarterbacks could throw the ball very far. Defenses knew they didn't have a lot of weapons on the outside, so they stacked the box and were able to uh, neutralize Leonard Fournette for the most part. And yet he still went off. If you think that here in Tampa, with all the weapons that we have, that Leonard Fournette can't be uh, just exponentially more successful, man, I don't know what you're looking at. Because I think you know he could really excel uh, in this offense, and, and he's a natural pass catcher. catcher. So... Do I think that that automatically means Roger loses the job? No, absolutely not. BA said that, and it makes sense too. Leonard has only been in the building. It will have been for a week by game time. He won't, he won't even be ready at that point to take over the job if he could. But I think what it's showing is we are um, taking pressure off of our quarterback, taking pressure off of Tom Brady, and, um, and allowing, you know, bringing in somebody who can take some of the load. I think it was a great move, and it, and it increases our chances of success if Tom Brady doesn't have to throw it, you know, a million times a game. He can hand it off, and uh, it's, you know, a guy who's going to hopefully be successful on the ground. Yeah. Now, lastly, yeah, do, do you have a thought about that? No, I, I completely agree. I feel like uh, this was going to be a... Uh, um, a set up for or set up for success for later into the season for um not just or you know Leonard Fournette but also for Shady McCoy too you know he joined us you know kind of midway through you know training camp and everything too so it's gonna be interesting to see how um, Ronald Jones uh, reacts to that but hey who knows this might propel Ronald Jones more than it would Leonard Fournette I mean it's just with this kind of I mean because Leonard Fournette you know Shady McCoy you know Tom Brady. Ron Krankowski, you know, they all came into our system. We're not changing it for them. They're coming into our system. These are veterans. Guess what? They have to go back to school and learn our our system. Ronald Jones is top class right now versus them in our system because they don't know our system. Especially, you know, so give it a couple weeks, then put them into the lineup. Don't give them a couple, you know, it, when Ronald Jones gets tired, throw in Shady, throw in Fournette, you know, give them a couple yards here and there. Then I say maybe by week five, week six, week seven, in the middle of the season, that's when we'll start seeing more production from Leonard Fournette. That's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think you're right on with that prediction, too. You know, towards the middle of the season, I, it was, I was listening to, um, it was uh, Locked on Bucks, and J.C. Cornell was on, and uh, he was talking about how he thinks that by the end of the season, uh, Leonard Fournette will, will have like a 70-30 ratio, 70% of the snaps going to him, 30% to Rojo. Might be a little high for my taste just because I think Bruce Arians is kind of the um, – he's the exception to every rule, isn't he? We, he started Peyton Barber for, you know, a bunch of weeks last last year, and we were like, man, just start Rojo, dang it. And he did the same thing with David Johnson uh, back in Arizona. So I could totally see – I could totally see him waiting a little longer to maybe give the nod to Fournette or to give him more carries. And then even then, he might view it more as a one-two punch. 
Um, but you never know if, if Leonard Fournette goes out there and in limited snaps just uh, absolutely shines. I think he'll be the hot hand, and Bruce is, has been shown to, to give to the hot hand. Um, don't sleep on last don't, don't sleep on Shady yeah. McCoy either. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I know I know you're talking a lot of Leonard Fournette, but Shady McCoy was also a big acquisition for our running back, you know, squad. So that running back room is stacked right now. If you, and just my opinion, but I think Shady will probably get more production um, the first couple games versus Leonard Fournette, um, just because he's been in the system a little bit longer than Fournette mm-hmm. had, and he's practiced with the team a little bit longer. So. Wait, don't sleep yeah. on don't sleep on Shady just yet. And I think he'll be he'll probably be the third down back, and that's a great down for for uh, Shady. I mean, you know, go out of the backfield, um, you know, catch a pass, be elusive, just tuck it in, nice high and tight. Okay, I don't want to see none of this uh, holding the ball like this, which we probably will, but it is what it is. Okay, last thing, the last move I thought was was really great. This offseason was picking up OJ's fifth year option. Now, I've been a big OJ fan. At times, I thought he might not have it, and we might need to consider uh, the possibility of a trade. And and we see that, you know, there were a lot of people who agreed with that. But I'm really glad that cooler heads prevailed, and they were thinking about the future. We know Rob Gronkowski isn't going to be here probably any longer than Thomas here. He may not be here just depending on injury status. And I mean, this may be his only year in Tampa. He may not resign next year. Um, I could totally see him coming back on a you know a veteran friendly deal, but a team friendly deal. But I think having OJ here, having Gronk to kind of help him with his mentality. The guy's like a cartoon character. He's that jacked. I mean, he is just ridiculous. But he just can't put it together yet. He's not trustworthy, not reliable. Tom really likes him. They've had a lot of chemistry, and I think this could be a really big year for him. Uh, taking that step forward, and um, and I'm glad we didn't move off, uh, move on from him because I think Gronk could really uh, rub off on him. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, one more thing. Um, you have it down here. Um, how much? How long is our window open to win a Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I know it's been talked about in the off season. You know, from you know other uh, outlets. You know, whether it's the NFL Network, ESPN, ESPN. You know, um, but. It, it's a serious question that we got to consider because the Bucks are all in right now. If if it's it's win or bust, and that's how I feel. I think we got this year and possibly next year. Um, next year, I think it's preparing for the years after Tom Brady. And something that we haven't mentioned in that uh, those signing acquisitions, you know, because he's on the practice squad was Josh Rosen. And uh, you got a lot of beef for saying this, so I'm gonna give you your floor to uh, voice your opinion on it real quick. But uh, you know, we had you know Godwin's on the end of you know near hit the end of his contract. You know, Shaq Barrett got that franchise tag, so you know we don't know what's going on there. But with Josh Rosen being on that practice squad, Blaine Gabbert is one of them. Ryan, uh, oh God, what's his name? I'm trying to forget. Griffin. What Ryan Griffin? He's been here for almost seems like forever and a day. He's not got maybe one game start, maybe two. Uh, you have these two guys who've been in the league but haven't really been productive. But Josh Rosen was sitting on the bench in Miami. How much does this, in your opinion, because I know, like I said, you got a lot of beef for this on social media the other day when you voiced your opinion about it. How much does Josh Rosen sitting behind Tom Brady but in the quarterback room um, affect his career going forward with us? 
Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll take those two questions. The uh, first being, we'll talk about Rosen, and then I want to talk about uh, some of the contracts and some of the decisions and how that impacts our Super Bowl window now. I think Josh Rosen is potential. That's all it is. Um, potential is all they needed to pull the trigger. This is literally a no-risk situation. You bring him onto the practice squad, oh man, I'm so sad we're losing QB uh, Reed Sinnott. Not really, okay? I'm not really sad about that. We brought in Josh Rosen. He gets to sit in the meeting rooms. He gets to learn from Tom Brady. But even more importantly, he's got connections with Byron Leftwich. He gets to learn the system. This was just a great fit for him, too. He can sign with our practice squad. Him not being on the active roster, the 53-man roster, we'll talk about that in a minute, it gives him leverage, too, of saying maybe there's a starting job elsewhere. You know, a team has multiple injuries, and they look at Rosen, and Rosen has an opportunity this season. He could do that. Um, we're, we can protect players from being signed by other teams, um, but, you know, he can make that decision um, to go sign with another team like that um, right, you know, after game day. So um, this was a no-risk situation for us. I think there's potential. I watched, um, you know, a lot of his stuff at UCLA. I've, I've done a lot of research just recently, highlights and lowlights. There are a lot of lowlights, but the reality is, is is every rookie has those struggles. We saw it with with almost every quarterback that's come through Tampa. Is you know it's just faster than the college game. But I think he can make every throw in the NFL. Can he put it together? We don't know yet. It's it, we have no clue. BA doesn't know. Byron doesn't know. But there's potential, and that's all they needed to pull the trigger on Josh Josh Rosen. Maybe maybe he turns it around. Maybe, you know, he has, you know, a, a great NFL career. He's had a lot of bad luck so far, bounced around a lot, different coordinators, kind of train wrecks of organizations in Miami and then Arizona. And so here, this is his most stable situation he's ever been in. Can he turn it around, learn from the GOAT? Maybe we could have a Favre-Rogers type situation. Of course, you know, not there's no comparison of talent levels. I'm just saying uh, the, the main guy entrenched. And there's another guy who is invested in, you know, spending the time on the bench and learning and then potentially taking over as the heir apparent. I, I think it's a potential, and that's a future move. I would say the OJ move is a future move. I would say Josh Rosen move is a, is a bit of a future move. There was no heir apparent on the roster. There wasn't. I, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Blaine Gabbert, great backup. Ryan Griffin, a pretty good backup. But, uh, uh, you know, Ryan Griffin's got one drive of experience. He's a preseason god, but he's got one drive of experience in the NFL. Blaine Gabbert's injury prone. He's just, he doesn't elevate the team. They're good backups. Josh Rosen has the potential as a number 10 overall pick to be very good. We'll see if it happens. And I think that's more of a future thing. Let me hit um, the current window real quick, and then we'll get on to the 53-man roster and talk a little bit more about it. So we've got Levante David, Chris Godwin, and Shaq, who will need to sign before next year. This is tough, man. I think, I think they'll try and extend Levante and Godwin as, as much as they can. Uh, you know, with all the one-year contracts that are going to be ending after the season, they could let some of those one-year veteran contracts walk. I mean, I think Sue would be a casualty to that. And then maybe instead they draft somebody um, or they have somebody kind of waiting. Maybe it's Nacho. Maybe they're drafting somebody who, you know, has the ability in the first round to be great on the D-line. They could potentially replace some of the one-year veterans that they have to let walk you know, because they, you know, to free up some of the money so that, you know, they can extend Levante and Chris Godwin. And here's the cool thing I think about those two players specifically, and Shaq a little bit too. I think Levante and Chris Godwin, um, you know, they're not divas at all. And uh, Levante is a staple in Tampa. He deserves to be here. 
Chris Godwin is ascending. We need him here. And so I think both of those guys, we could get those deals done. I think the casualties would be the veterans that we have to let walk. And then I think if you can, you know, free up as much money as you can to pay Shaq uh, as a premier pass rusher. Only if, only if he can um, produce a similar amount of production this year. I'm not even saying the same amount of sacks, but we need to see uh, one more year. And I think the coaching staff would agree with me because they've obviously put the franchise tag on him for this purpose. They need to see one more year of production uh, before they can pull the trigger because you only have so much money. That's that's the reality. And so I think I think they'll try to get all of those guys under contract. It's just a matter of where, you know, the kind of shrapnel from that hits other people. What what other casualties will there be? You know, the Nadamakan Sus of the world, I don't think will be on the twenty twenty one Buccaneers. So yeah. we'll see. And uh, that's kind of what I think. And so I think that that puts our window you know, with Tom Brady, for sure our window's open. And if we can find, you know, a quarterback of the future, we may be able to have a window in the future if we're able to extend some of these guys. Um, you know, does Tom Brady push and, and come here for three years? And we, you know, we really go for it for three years? I don't know, man. I think if we win a Super Bowl or two in these first two years, um, man, I think he's calling it quits, and we gotta we got to figure out what we're going to do next. So for sure. it's a very dubious position that we're in. Um, but not as dubious as the Saints. Uh, that's hilarious to me how, how terrible their cap situation is. Uh, right now. Yeah, and you know I think that's something that they you know the Bucks have to you know I, they restructured uh, Mike Evans' contract just recently to help accommodate with this year's cap. So I think that helps. Them. But it's something that you know we have to also think about is there's these college teams you know looking at the draft you know talking about the draft for next year already, but. You know, these college teams, some of them aren't playing as many games as they used to. And so it's going to be interesting how this pandemic affects that college league, which will ultimately affect the Bucks here the next year and a half, you know. So it's just interesting to see. All right, let's Absolutely. go through this beautiful artwork of the 53-man roster that BA and the whole coaching staff have put together for our enjoyment on the tv for the first two days and then hopefully we'll get to go back into raymond james stadium and fire those cannons amen all right so what were some of your biggest surprises for who made the 53-man roster so far and then you know maybe some of your surprise cuts uh so uh, some of the folks that made it some that didn't what were your biggest surprises from that whole process honestly uh, let's just go to the special teams real quick because uh, you know something that has plugged us for almost a decade now it seems like is has been our kicking battles and it's just uh we have not settled on someone that's gonna sit here and uh ultimately win a game or two for us because hey we have to rely on that foot meeting that leather and putting it through those two posts. Uh, I was kind of surprised that the Bucks went a whole different path. I mean, I know this guy's good and everything, but Matt Gay, he had a kind of better season than we thought. I mean, yeah, you risked a fifth-round pick, but so did so was that running back from the year that we went to the uh, – oh, gosh, I forgot what his name was. Um, when we did the hard knocks, you know, he was a fifth round pick and look, he turned yeah. out to be a total bust. I mean, I don't even think he's yeah. playing in the league anymore. So Nick I, Nichols, right? Yeah, 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 Nichols, there you go. So it's, it was kind of a toss up for me. Um, uh, of course, you know, I'm a big special teams fan. You know, we've talked about it many times on the show. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Bucks went the path that they did. 
Um, and then here we are, you know, a couple days removed from finally settling with the 53-man roster. And the Colts let go the greatest of all time. Like, forget about Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Adam Vinatieri is now just sitting there, probably soaking up the sun in his back porch because he's retired. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. I, to me, it was interesting that we've kind of bounced around from kicker, from kicker, from kicker, from kicker. Yeah. Find someone that's just going to put it through the upright. Shoot, bring back Connor Barth. He was our most accurate kicker in the last decade than any of these other guys that we've signed. So that's just my opinion, and I'll leave it at that. But that was my biggest frustration from it and the biggest battle that I saw coming going into this pandemic training training camp mm-hmm. versus coming out. So Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I had it on my list too, Ryan Suckup being chosen over Matt Gay and really being chosen <laughs> Matt Gay didn't make the practice squad. I think it's probably more in the in the realm of just wanting a clean cut, you know, not wanting bad blood, wanting the you know, the locker room to be united and, you know, these guys I mean, because Matt Gay was our starter, so if he gets demoted to the practice squad, you know, what's that gonna look like? Um I, I thought he might end up on the practice squad, but but he's not. He's not a Buccaneers kicker at all. We have Ryan suck up on the active roster, and then we have uh, Greg Joseph on the practice squad. And suck up. here's the thing: is when yeah, when suck up is healthy, man, the guy is money from within 50 yards. I think he had one of the longest streaks of within 50 yards. It was like I want to say it's like 56 kicks within 50 yards. Man, I was just something crazy before he got hurt. He he got hurt, uh, and you know his team last year. I think it was the Titans brought him back too early. He went like one of something, and you know didn't do great. But I think you know he's healthy now, and obviously the Bucks are impressed enough. Maybe they can get somebody who you know you just don't have to worry about. That's the thing with as a Bucks fan, man. Like I was talking to somebody, you know, I, I live here in New Orleans, so they're you know Saints fan, and one of the things they said was, I just don't worry when Drew Brees has the ball in his hand. I know he's going to put it where it needs to be put, and he can get us down the field if we need a field goal. I just don't worry about it. I know he's going to do it. And I thought, man, that's it's been. I don't know in my fandom if I've ever had that about a quarterback or a kicker. <laughs> so maybe this year we could have both, where we're feeling a little bit more confident in both our quarterback position and our kicker. Uh, but here's another one, Brandon. Let me toss this one uh, off. So a Goomba Wale, mm. uh, Darian Goomba Wale, mm. doesn't make the roster, doesn't even make the uh, practice squad. And uh, I believe he's signing in uh, Jacksonville, which I'll take that trade, right? Fournette for Agumboale. Um But uh, he was our special teams captain last year. He was probably the best pass protector on our team until Leonard Fournette came in. And Fournette's okay. I mean, he's not great. I just thought it was interesting, to say the least, that, you know, in a time when you need to protect Tom Brady, I thought the coaching staff would, would overvalue that. I, I'm kind of glad we went with the running backs we did. I think you, you can't put Keyshawn Vaughn on the practice squad. He's getting snatched up. He's a third-round pick. We don't really know what he, we've gotten him, and that's the, the issue with the pandemic and uh, a lack of preseason. So I just thought that was interesting. Agumbo Wale gets cut. And then the last one I'll say is Khalil Davis. Khalil Davis, a sixth-round pick, not only sticking around but making the roster as well, not even on the practice squad. Obviously, you know he impressed the coaches, impressed the scouts, uh, in practice, and, and they think he could be some quality depth. So some interesting moves from the 53-man roster and the cuts. Um, so uh, without further ado, do you want to uh, run through the starters and who's been named for offense and who's been named for defense? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with our captains first. First off, oh, captain, my captain, Tom, TB12, Tom Brady. Not Tampa Bray, not Tom Bay, whatever, the 
Espen's been thrown out less. It's Tom stupid, by Brady the way. is one of our captains. Well deserved. He's been in the league since you were in diapers. No, I'm kidding. He's been in the league <laughs> forever. Hey, what? <laughs> and I'll be 24 this year, y'all. <laughs> Tom Brady, and then Mike Evans is also our offensive captains. Uh, Levante David, Devin White, well-deserved, especially for Devin White, you, the young man that he's become growing up in a defense, uh, surrounded by veterans. And uh, he definitely earned earned that captain from the guys up front, from his front four, so uh, well-deserved from him as well. And then our special teams, uh, Bradley Pinion, uh, honestly, probably the best punter that we've had in a while. Um, he's still hitting his marks you know like i said you won't hear as much special teams from anyone else but we hit on the special teams i'll tell you what i'll tell you that much and uh kevin mentor one of the linebackers he's on special teams and he's probably more of a special teamer than he is a linebacker so um there there's our captains going through the roster again uh mike evans rob Devin, or Don, Donovan Smith, you know, there was a little bit of talk at the beginning of this pandemic. You know, was he going to play? Was he not going to play for the health of his family? He's going to play. Um, that's a lot of things that teams were going through this uh, this offseason of who was going to play, who was not going to play. Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen. Sitting behind Ryan Jensen is A.Q. Shipley, who I think will do dividends for the, those guys as well, as he's been in the league forever and a day as well, sitting there in Arizona, soaking up that hot Arizona heat. Uh, let's see, who else was it? Oh, Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs, our first-round pick, O.J. Howard, uh, Chris Godwin, um, Tom Brady, and then Ronald Jones will wrap up our offense. Yeah. Then those were our, you know, our you know starters, quote-unquote. Um, you can't forget Scotty Miller. Um, some of the guys that are sitting behind these guys has threes and four, you know, twos and threes. Um, Ronald Jones has, you know, of course, Shady McCoy and uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, behind him. So, and who was the fourth one? We were just talking about him. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Thank you, Keyshawn Vaughn. So, going to the defensive side of the ball, you know, we kept that front four. We kept, well, we, sorry, we kept three of those front four. You know, we lost... Uh, some of those guys to either retirement or do he they went on to get better deals they wanted the money hey don't blame them you want money we need money gotcha get paid the comic uh sue vita vea goldston jpp devin white levante david shaquille bear i mean i feel like i'm naming off hall of famers right here at this point you know that's what it feels like uh carlton davis uh bunting jr uh, and to or Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead. So I feel like this defense is ready to finally come together and be that defense that we've been looking for since the 2002 Bucks. And I don't want to compare them to those 2002 Bucks. These are the 2020 defense of Buccaneers that we have been thriving for in the Bay Area for so long. I can't wait. For them to get on that field, especially this coming up Sunday, to demolish, demolish those Saints fans that are watching at home as Tom Brady eats that turf in the Superdome. <laughs> well, we don't. We wouldn't want him eating the turf. You want to keep him upright, you know. I mean, I don't know if your metaphor worked, but anyway, um, of course you can't forget Breeze. to. I meant um, Breeze. I said Brady, didn't I? Yeah, I, I was like, I, what I, are I said, you talking I said, about? Sorry, I was on a roll there, and I was just like, I looked at something <laughs> and I saw Brady's name. So I meant Breeze. Okay, I meant okay. Breeze. Okay, okay. fire, okay. fire at me, but Breeze, whatever, fire me. Well, I was like, man, like that's that must just be scar tissue from. 
not being a Brady fan for the longest time. But anyway, of course, you can't forget Jamel Dean on the defense, too. He's not technically listed as a starter, but you'll see him out on the field as much as any of the other guys. Um, you know, it just depends on the package, right? Um, so you've got Carlton Davis and Sean Murphy Bunting that are starting, but really it's it's that trio. Um, and, um, and, and as well, don't forget, too, like you said, um, Scotty Miller. I think he's going to be um, way more involved than maybe pe- people on the outside think. Of course, oh, we've seen sure. Scotty Miller. We've seen that he's, you know, uh, grown a little bit even last year, you know, uh, under the last offseason off and offense. And then this offseason, just kind of being the star of training camp, I think he and Brady could really have a great rapport and, and stretch the field. And uh, in a way that even – Mike Evans stretches the field. But, I mean, this guy's a burner, uh, Scotty Miller. You get it to him, like, you get it to him on a slant, and he's gone. And I think it could be an incredible addition um, to, you know, the the playbook. And I'd love to see more of those. You didn't see that nearly at all last season, just quick slants. Um, and, and they work. They really do. I mean, that's that's why, you know, guys like a Michael Thomas get so many catches. You know, I was having this conversation with somebody. It's because, you know, the, his catches are so much closer to the line of scrimmage. You make one move, you catch the ball, and then you can run with it. And, you know, Michael Thomas, in my opinion, is overrated because of that. It's a, it's a great thing for, for the Saints system because it's successful, um, but I don't think it makes you an elite wide receiver but anyway we could i think we could utilize that with scotty miller yeah. um I think, and um sorry i didn't mean to yeah go ahead you, but i think no, scotty okay. miller has for sure for sure been a star to tom brady i think he's going to be more of his security blanket uh when mike evans is double teamed or godwin is double teamed or you know gronk is double team or you know oj howard's double team or cameron bray's double team i mean we're you, i just named off like six guys there before I got to Scotty Miller and Scotty Miller is definitely going to be that security blanket that Brady needs. We might not have to throw 30 yards, 40 yards. Hey, get me six yards, get me five yards, get me another six yards, you know, just a little dump pass, get those first downs. Let's just win, right? Let's just win. Just win, baby. Just win. Just win, baby. Al Davis. Or, yeah, right. That's so one yeah. one other thing I'll say too is we may see more of Scotty Miller this Sunday if Mike Evans doesn't play. That oh. that came out recently that yesterday Mike Evans was dealing with a soft tissue injury, and um, you know that held him out of practice yesterday or the day before and yesterday. Um, but at, Ian Rappaport went on uh, one of the networks and said that he talked to Mike Evans' camp, people that are close to him, and Mike doesn't think it's serious and he thinks he'll be okay to play Sunday. So I think if he doesn't play, you're going to see a lot more of Scotty Miller. Uh, you may even see more of Justin Watson. Um, but I, I hope Mike Evans plays as long as he stays healthy. I, I want him to be healthy this season. If he has to take off a game to get healthy, that's fine. Um, and if he does, I mean, we still have uh, just a plethora of weapons that we can use. And, and, and speaking of that, do you want to go ahead and move on to our matchup this weekend with the Saints in our last 15 minutes here in the podcast? Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, this Sunday, the Bucks are sailing to New Orleans to go and take battle of the defending NFC South champs as we go and try to destroy them in their home turf. I can't wait. It's a 425 game. We have the spotlight. America's Game of the Week on Fox. You know, we have the quote-unquote greatest Fox, you know, Fox callers ever, you know, quote-unquote. Joe Buck sucks. Anyways, but, you know, (laughs) I think you and I should just call that game. But that's just neither here nor there. Um, But, yeah, I can't wait. I 
think this is going to be interesting, but as we said earlier in the podcast, I think it's going to be a sloppy game, not just from us, but also from the Saints as well. Yeah. Well, and I think that the reason why, and we'll get to our predictions in just a second. Um, you know, if you're new to the podcast, we do predictions and they're almost always wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we, we just kind of look and see what, how we've been doing, how the other teams have been doing. We kind of stack up the matchups and, uh, and see what, what kind of chance we have. Well, the reality is, is we don't really have much on the, nor- uh, on the Bucks, and there's been no preseason. We haven't, all we've been able to see is the very short highlight videos that the Buccaneers put out on social media. And, you know, let's be real. They don't put out the bad stuff. We hear about how the scrimmage went. They were supposed to have two, but then they only had one. I mean, I, I just, I hope that we can put all the pieces together. I, I really, truly hope we can. But let's be realistic. The, it's the first game. If we lose, we should not panic, okay? Like, I think we have a pretty good shot, and especially if Mike Evans plays, I think we have a, we can give the Saints a run for their money. But the Saints have been together for multiple years now. The chemistry between Sean Payton and Drew Brees is uh, Sean Payton's his play caller. You know, it's just unmatched. You've got guys like a Michael Thomas who really are a safety blanket for Drew Brees, who doesn't have to throw it down the field as much. Their system is perfect for Drew Brees. It's perfect for them. And their defense is pretty dang good, okay? I'm not, this is not a Saints podcast. I'm just saying, let's be realistic, that we have so much more information on the New Orleans Saints, and there's no reason to expect that that they'll take a step back, to be honest. They even added Emmanuel Sanders as a number two option, much needed to take the pressure off of Michael Thomas. So here's all I'll say. I think the Saints are going to play really well, but can the Bucks give them a run for their money? Absolutely. We just don't know what we have yet. This is the first season with Tom Brady. We, we saw that in the scrimmage, they went 16 plays, 16 plays to go like 98 yards, you know, or 90 yards. That's, that's kind of, you know, that's a, one of those gritting it out, maybe a little bit dink and dunk. Bruce Arians even said he's okay with a dink and dunk offense. So we, we don't even know what the offense is going to be look, is going to look like yet. Okay. We have, uh, you know, start rookies, a rookie at right tackle, a rookie at safety. Both of those can be exposed. I, it just is what it is. We don't have enough information for me at least to go in and say, I feel confident in this you know, particular outcome. Do I hope the Bucks kick the Saints' butt? Absolutely. I'm going to be cheering them on with my uh, Tom Brady jersey. I'm going to be going to church in my Tom Brady jersey full of Saints fans, okay? I, I'm as big of a fan <laughs> as it gets. But we just don't know, okay? And we know what the Saints are. They're Super Bowl contenders. It's probably Drew's last year. Let's just see. Let's temper our expectations, and let's get excited that there's football, okay? If we drop the first game, it's not the end of the world. I still think we have a chance at that. What, what do you think? What do you think about my analysis there, Brendan? I think you're not a morning person for sure. You don't smile enough when football <laughs> is back. But football is back. So I, you're, you're right. And I, and we talked about it before we got on the air today. You know, the Bucks, it, and this is, goes not just for us, but for the Saints as well. They don't know what they're getting. I mean, they have a quarterback that's been there for forever and a day. But they also have new weapons that they're playing with. So it's going to be interesting how that glues together. Not to mention, they don't have the greatest linebacking core ever either. I mean, shoot, we went in there the last couple years, and we've had just bombs after bomb after bomb. And it went toe-to-toe both ways in both games. So where does that leave us? Well, we have the offensive weapons, but does our juggernaut quarterback connect with them? 
and that's the thing we have yet to see. Yeah, we've seen those highlights, you know, in the film, but we don't see the highlights of the drops or of the uh, interceptions that the defense was getting. So we don't know. I mean, they've only had eight, nine weeks to prepare for this. No, no uh, preseason games. You know, you're not getting what you used to get anymore. It's go time. It's let's get in there and let's go play. They're coming off a cold streak. The Saints, they're coming off a division win. It's a yeah. hand-in-hand kind of battle. But again, I it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be sloppy from us. It's going to be sloppy from the Saints. It depends on who was able to communicate more this offseason. The Bucks were sitting there training with Tom Brady in the backyard of uh, Tampa Prep School. Hey, more power to him. You didn't see that much from the Saints or from other teams. I mean, who knows? It wasn't highlighted because it was Tom Brady. Tom Brady was is going to be playing in more sunshine this year than he has ever in his career versus playing up in New England when the lights are on and it's starting to get cold here already this time of year. Just saying. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. Hopefully the warm weather will loosen up his joints and uh, we can sling that football rock. You know? Well, and let's just say this before we get to our score predictions. We, you know, we have to mention it once. I promise, I won't mention it. Oh, next Saints. Okay, matchup. hold on. I promise, hold on, I won't. Hold on, where's hold on? I'm gonna mark it. What's today's date? Today is September 10th, 951. Go ahead and say it, because I know exactly what's fixing to come out of your mouth. Go ahead, and say it. You know, if Drew Brees gets hurt. Oh boy. And, Here he goes. And, you know, and Taysom Hill, you know, might if he gets hurt, we might be we might be seeing a. Uh, James Winston oh, you know, boy. finally oh, connecting with gosh. Buccaneers. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He went. Okay, I said it. I'm done. Now, there. of course, that was a big offseason. You know, we didn't cover that. That was a big offseason move. Of course, the Bucks, uh and we did. We covered it a little bit. We didn't, we didn't talk about it this, this podcast because we're moving on. So this will be the last time we talk about it. It's a storyline. We're playing the Saints. They'll probably, you know, get some close-ups of Jameis because it's, this team moved on from him, and it is what it is. And there are a lot of people who were frustrated, even with the you know the, their perceived uh, the the Bucks you know lacking the weapons, get, you know not giving Jameis enough weapons. They're not doing this for Jameis. Let, let's just be real. None of the free agents that came to this team after Tom Brady would have come here if Tom Brady wasn't here. The, the team that we have now and the star star power we have now that we've added is so much more about Tom Brady than it is. Uh, maybe even Bruce Arians. I mean, you uh, you heard a lot of you heard a lot of stuff. You know, whether it's Gronk. Hey, you know, Tom Brady's my my best buddy. I wanted to come here. You know, Leonard Fournette. I finally have a quarterback. It, it, we we don't need to constantly compare. That's all I'm saying is, guys, we're Bucks fans. We need to be a fan of the team that we have. Yes, you know, if you like Jameis, that's great. You know, you can root for him. Just don't root for him when we're playing the Saints. That's just bad taste, man. Be a Bucks fan so that's all i'll say about it and we can move on let's talk about our predictions okay real you quick know, you know real quick you know i know you went on this winston rant already and it's not even the first game you know we haven't even played our first game it's of the not season. even the i'm just ranting more against people who still are talking about it like you're still talking about him like i i'm just mentioning it because we're playing the saints and that's where he went it was a crazy move but why are you still saying like we didn't give well, all this stuff, I just it's frustrating. Be a fan of the team, okay? Team first. <laughs> um, one of our longtime listeners who's been been listening to us ramble on this on this forever and a day, Johnny Dean said, "No, no, Winston." So stop talking about Winston. Okay. You all talk right. about I'll Winston. Stop, you talk about Winston in the next podcast. 
I'm gonna get a marker board and I'm gonna start tallying and it's gonna hang behind me of how many times Micah's mentioned Jameis Winston. Hey, are we playing? Are we playing the Saints next game? Are you playing the Saints next game? No, but you're gonna talk about it somehow. No, but I'm not, so I'm not gonna talk about it. You're still gonna. Talk He's, about not it. <laughs> He's not our quarterback anymore. He's not our quarterback anymore. All right, let's get to our prediction. Everyone's been waiting for this, and I think a lot of people have us doing this. But I mean, it's gonna be a gut wrenching game. I mean, whether we uh, put it together or whether we not put it together. So uh, my prediction, and I think we went through this when we went. We didn't touch on it this you know this podcast and i think we'll have more time next week to touch on the rest of the season um yeah. but during our schedule release show that we did during the off season was uh we had both both i think we have both of us losing this game but um my prediction anyway is going to be the saints 34 the bucks 28 i hope i'm wrong but <laughs> from everyone that i was seeing doing you know uh doing the schedule release and picking games here and there even up to this point i everyone still has the saints winning um it's gonna be a you know it's gonna be a in the trenches battle at this point um both teams have a quarterback both teams have the weapons it's Mm -hmm. whose defense is gonna stop up front and Mm -hmm. who's whose offensive line is gonna um power through on the running game that's what it's gonna boil down to so uh that's we're not put together fully completely because we just again we're coming in blind i have no idea what we're, mm-hmm. what to expect that's what i'm expecting from everything that i've seen whether it's just reports of what espen's telling me what you know nfl network's telling me what the bucks are telling us you know we're not getting much we didn't get to see much we're not we don't get to go sit in the stadium and watch them during the training camp or right. no we didn't get to go be loud and show them how much we appreciate them this year we had to sit at home and just watch highlights all day. So that's just my opinion. Michael, what's your It's funny because this particular podcast, and I think we're going to keep doing it this way, it's more fun. Uh, I have my own copy of the show notes, and then Brandon has his own copy. So we kind of answer the different questions, and then we talk about it here. It's kind of a surprise. And so we hadn't even talked about this prior, but I have the Saints winning 31-28. to 28, So we're only three points difference between our predictions you know, I'm staying true to my word. I said this months ago. You know, I had the Saints winning even before all the offseason additions. Of course, I think we had Brady at that point. Maybe we had Gronkowski when I said I that. Think that's a, I think that's as far as we got with the transactions when before we took our little break. Uh, but I I, yeah. I think we talked about it um, during the po- that, last, that last podcast, yeah. which you can go listen to on Apple, Spotify, and all those cool places. Right, right. And I, and I still I would give the edge to the Saints only because of the stuff we talked about, because of chemistry and cohesion. Talent-wise, I still think our roster is more talented. And you'll get some people here and there. You know, I, I've just had to accept that, you know, not every show on TV is about actual analysis. It's mostly about entertainment, a lot of that. And so you'll have people that will just disagree, you know, because that's the role that they're supposed to take you know, in that particular segment. And one of the things they bring up, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I still think the Saints have a more talented roster. And I'm like, how could you even possibly say that? Like, it is, we obviously have a more talented roster. It's just the reality is, is people don't, people all don't know the name Levante David, even though they should, even though he's up there with Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley, And I would say even above those guys, we just haven't had the national press. So they'll see after this season and, and they'll put some more respect on our on our name. And, and, and I hope that they see that. I don't think this game is going to do it for him though. I think, you know, hopefully we're able to go out there and show that we have what it takes to compete with the best 
but I do still have the the Saints having the edge. They've been together longer. They have cohesion. Their system is airtight in the way they run it. And the only way that you beat the Saints is by executing your system better and um, edging them out on defense. We don't really know what our system is. <laughs> and and our defense had a great end to the last year. Let's hope they keep it going. I think all signs are pointing up for the Buccaneers. We're Super Bowl contenders this year. We can make a run in the playoffs at the very least, a deep run in the playoffs. So I just don't think this game is going to be that, like, you know, signature win for Tom Brady on his new team just yet. I think they're going to whoop up on the Panthers the next game, but uh, you that's, know, I think that's next week. That's the, that's next week. We'll we'll talk about that next week. You know, we can, we'll get to that next week. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. Give us your final thoughts, Brandon, and then uh, and then we'll be done. Well, first and foremost, folks, I just wanted me and Michael want to thank you so much for you know the love and support that you've given us, even during our off time. We're glad to see some of our previous listeners come back and join us, Johnny. You know, we you've been our one of our number one supporters since we've been listening. So we thank you. Um, all right, here we go. And if you don't know it, you, Johnny, I know you're prepared for this, so let's do it. Come Sunday at 425, folks, we are going to be on our couches with our family, with our friends, crack open a Coke, eat some wings, fire those cannons at home, because, ladies and gentlemen, the Bucks are going to be back on TV, and we are going to scream on the top of our lungs that we are going to go out there and hammer oh win let's go <laughs> oh my gosh man that was one of one of the all time that was one of the all time rants oh my goodness just epic was, I, i'm still recovering from that my, that was my final thought folks that is early oh. guys we can't just we can't thank you enough i mean it's our early morning we hope you guys have a beautiful day stay safe stay home. yeah and let me get let me get a, yeah let me get a few things in here remember like we said at the beginning we'll be starting our new in-season podcast schedule next week so join us every thursday morning and that'll be at 8 30 a.m eastern 7 30 a.m central i'll be here bright and early um getting ready to bring you a podcast with brandon uncle b man it's gonna be great we'll be right here on bucks report as always a big thank you to bucks report beware the bay podcast would not be where it is apart from the bucks report network exciting things happening big partnerships at bucks report everything's looking up we're excited about the future and of course you can find um a bucks report on facebook on twitter you can also find us on instagram and twitter at beware the bay and on facebook at beware the bay podcast and you can listen to the audio version of this podcast and others wherever you listen to podcasts so thank you again faithful bucks fans for tuning into this podcast and we will see you next week